This is Career Lab with Levi and Bobak, the podcast that features fascinating pathways to success and the people who've navigated their own journeys in the ever-changing and fast-paced modern economy. I'm Levi Maya. Our guest this week is Brian Milburn, a software developer and tech entrepreneur. Brian was a pioneer in developing and selling software for the internet back before most people even knew what it was. His work was so innovative that China decided to steal it. On this edition of Career Lab with Levi and Bobak, find out if you have what it takes to bring an idea to the marketplace and then go up against a Goliath who decides to pirate it. Welcome to Career Lab with Levi and Bobak. I'm Bobak Babahanian. What did you find on your seat today? Oh, I found uh, a certificate. Which um, I was waiting for when I would get this. Let's see if I can for the camera certificate. <laughs> can you see that? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Where did you Where did you print this? <laughs> I printed that on my um, dot matrix printer. It's uh, something I picked up. You know, I'm interested in old tech, so that's what that's what that is. And that was one of my first prints. I thought, well, let me make a, a certificate of merit for my esteemed co-host Bob. Our guest tonight is uh, heavily involved in tech. Brian Milburn is a Southern California native, and after high school in Santa Barbara, he decided he started working in construction as a general contractor and a home builder, and in the 1990s, his interest shifted toward the newly popular internet. He began developing software to help parents in schools manage children's access to the web, and his cyber-sitter content filter put his small software company on the map. It was so effective, Bob, that he faced off against the Chinese government over allegations that they stole his company's code and its other intellectual property. He accomplished what many at the time said was impossible. He took the Chinese government to court and prevailed. Today, he continues to develop software with a focus on AI and telecommunications, Brian, welcome to the show. Thank you. <laughs> I know our eagers are our uh, eagers. Our listeners are eager <laughs> to hear about facing off against the Chinese government. But before we do that, can we uh, go back a little bit and tell us a little bit about your high school experience and getting into the workforce? Uh, let's see. I went to high school here in Santa Barbara. After my junior year, I went to Dunn School up in in Los Olivos. And uh, back then it was a uh, all boys school, and uh, I it was kind of fun doing that because it was kind of rugged and rural, and and um, the uh, we had a good time. Unfortunately, I think I had too good a time. They told me that I didn't have enough credits to graduate, mm -hmm. and uh, that I'd have to go for another year. And uh, I said, nah, I, I don't think so. So. The, I got a job in a gas station and got my own apartment and, and dropped out of school. So uh, the, uh, that, that was about the end of my schooling. <laughs> so um, I'm curious, when did you first start working with computers and what was it about computers that really caught your attention? I went to work for a property management company. Somewhere around, I think it was around 1980 or 81 or something like that, just about the time uh, IBM first offered their, their first IBM PC. My, my boss bought one. He figured there ought to be a way to, to uh, use it in business. And um, the, no one knew how to use it. So I took the books home and I figured it out, and at least enough to get 
you know, discs formatted and get the software put on and get WordStar put on and all of that. So when the internet started to get popular, the uh, uh, there still was not any um, people were getting internet mostly for email. Mm-hmm. The there was no websites, there was none of that. Um, the uh, you know you'd you'd um, if you went to another server somewhere, it'd be something where you could download stuff. Basically, you could download whatever it was they offered. They're just wasn't a lot to do but as as uh as time went on obviously people started making websites um and the one of the big drivers of uh of uh, internet i got i mean it was porn and cyber sitter knew where they were and knew where all the sites were and we could we could block it efficiently without uh uh, interfering with the rest of, uh, uh, you know, with normal computer operation. I was thinking to myself, okay, this is immediately going to be popular with parents and schools. Um, it's uh, not going to go away. You know, it's always going to be there. And a matter of fact, 25 years later, I'm still publishing it. I still get, you know, mostly to schools now, mm-hmm. but I still publish it. And, um, you know, I just kind of, I didn't want to be, I wasn't, I didn't go in it with a kind of a attitude, like I'm going to clean up the internet because that wasn't the case. I mean, it was, it was, I saw a problem, uh, and I, you know, decided that that was what I was going to work on. However, if I had, if I had come along with something else, it was a better seller. I would have gone that way, but, uh, this just worked. <laughs> how did it get in the hands of the ch- how did your source code and your proprietary um ip get into the hands of the chinese government and what was what was the impetus of that uh case uh that that was uh i i still don't know how they got it <laughs> the um the uh i don't think that they uh compl- they reverse engineered a lot of it um but they didn't do a very good job at that. I know they reverse engineered a lot of it because one of the things we found later was my copyright was in the code and they had not bothered to remove that. So they, uh, it it was right there. Um, What happened was, is that um, I started one morning, I started getting emails from Chinese people, uh, dissidents that lived in the United States. And they called me. They said I was not a friend of China. I was an enemy of the people. And I didn't know what was going on. You know, I, I thought it was uh, cranks. I got one of these emails and I deleted it. I got two, deleted it. And then I got two or three more. And I started thinking, well, something's going on. This is all about the same thing. And it's... Uh, um, you know, they're all from the Chinese guys. And so I wrote back to one of them and I said, I told him, I said, I don't have any idea what you're talking about. What you, can you explain this? And uh, he was the one guy that sounded the most reasonable. And uh, he said that a, that a uh, university in uh, Michigan, University of Michigan, in fact, um, had released a paper saying that we had supplied the software for this project they had going on called Green Dam. 
So they the Chinese they had made, going on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They yeah. called it Green Dam Youth Escort, mm-hmm. and they uh, uh, it was uh, primarily to uh, they they of course they use it for a lot of other things. I mean they 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 put it on um, they blocked anything to do with religion or Falun Gong or Tiananmen Square or any of that stuff. I mean. They they were using it for you know social uh, adherence uh, uh, and uh, not just as a parental control tool, and so um, the guy that uh, uh, discovered it was a computer science teacher uh, named Halderman, and uh, interestingly enough, he was he just did a paper on uh, voting machines that was. Uh, uh, I think the voting machines in Georgia, he's still, you know, a respected expert, but he had, they had reverse engineered the green dam software as a class project. And they found my copyright in there. And they thought that we had just licensed the software to China. That would be a natural assumption, right? You would think if you saw that, Oh, you've uncovered this U S agency that's working for the Chinese government. Yeah. And he said, uh, I, I, I put a call into him and he called me back and he says, you know, we were thinking, well, you got a great uh, sale there, you know, licensed (laughs) it in China. And he gave, he filled me in. And apparently there was a law they, they implemented in China that that had to be put on every computer, every new computer sold in China, every one. And that include included all the ones that were made by the seven major uh, computer manufacturers at the time that that manufactured their computers and sold in China. So like uh, HP and, and yep. Dell, they were selling computers in China with this Green Dam software on it. But the majority of this software, the code came from your company. Right. Yeah. And he... Uh, um, Halderman was real uh, helpful. I mean, he spent a lot of time helping me, you know, figure out what was going on. The, uh, uh, you know, making some sense out of the whole thing because I still didn't quite understand the enormity of it. But apparently, about at, at this point, they'd already put it on fifty-five million computers in China. Wow. And uh, all the ones sitting on the shelves, all the ones being shipped from Hewlett-Packard and Asus and Acer and and Lenovo and all of those all had the software on it. And uh, the so, you know, I thought, well, you know, I I think I'm going to need a lawyer. (laughs) And uh, the the first thing I did was I know some guys at PC Magazine, uh, the. I I previously received five PC Magazine editors choices uh, editors choice awards from from PC Magazine, so I knew a couple of the editors there, and I sent them the information, and uh, they says we don't know what to do with this. This is big, and uh, so they came out with a story uh, the next morning, and everything just sort of blew up the uh um we i got a lawyer a local lawyer who didn't really know that much about it and uh it was hard to find someone locally that was expert at suing the chinese government yeah (laughs) that's a surprise (laughs) (laughs) well and you tell them it's they say well who's uh, infringing on your property you say china 
They go, okay. <laughs> you know, uh, oh, who in China? I said, China. The government was doing it. They mandated it. So this and, was covered in um, in Forbes and b- lots of different magazines. If you you know search Brian Milburn in uh, China, the pretty much the the story is uh, is is well documented on there about you know how this all happened. Tell tell our listeners what the end result was after you know filing this complaint and and hearing back from the Chinese government. Well. One thing about China is you never actually hear from China. You know, you, you, um, they pretty much say, oh, we didn't do anything. And, Mm -hmm. uh, that's it. You know, that's, that's how they handle everything. But I got some good attorneys, uh, that were, uh, intellectual property and entertainment industry attorneys, uh, in, uh, Beverly Hills or, uh, Around there, I don't think it was in Beverly Hills, but the uh, they were uh, real good attorneys, and they knew what to do, and we got started on it. And um, the uh, the the big thing was is that there you typically cannot get a foreign government into a court. Um, they have sovereign immunity, mm-hmm. and they can pretty much kill you if they want, and you can't take them to court. But the uh, we managed to get the sovereign immunity put aside so that they would have to come to court, which would mean if they didn't show up to court and I won by default, I could we were suing them for two point two billion dollars. Wow. And which which would mean that I would get a judgment against China for two point two billion dollars. And if I wanted to go take an airplane of, uh, you know, a jet or something that belonged to China, I'd take my thing to the marshal and go down. They'd seize the aircraft. Right. So it it had some ramifications, you know, that they had to deal with. The uh, the uh, I've got I ought to show it to you sometime. I've got a letter that the Chinese uh, ambassador wrote to Hillary Clinton, who was secretary of state at the time demanding that the judge drop this case Mm -hmm. (laughs) and i mean it was high up there there was a lot of uh uh everybody knew about it and uh you know they were they were uh uh, you know our secretary of state knew about it the the u.s trade representative was involved in it the uh, u.s patent and trademark office was involved there was a lot of people and I, uh, contrary to what happens with a lot of times you need the government's help, this time I kind of got it. So um, they were eager to do something to China uh, to uh, slap their hands for their intellectual property uh, theft. And this was a good thing, a good way to do it. It was kind of a good story. I wasn't a big company. I was a little guy. And, uh, you know, it was I was fighting back against the Goliath, you know, and 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 they thought that that would be the that would be a good way to do it, because if I lost, I was nobody. (laughs) And if I won, you know, I'd be sort of a hero for a little while. And and that would look good. Low risk Uh, and high reward. Right. Yeah. So the uh, but it took two years. Um and it was it was really draining, especially uh, when you consider. Let's see, this was a 
I found out about it in May of 2009. In, in November of, of 2008, we had the tea fire here and two of my houses were burned down. And so I was dealing with that. And then on top of that, the, uh, um, you know, I was dealing with this Chinese thing. So, uh, I mean, I really, I was, uh, how I got through all that, I, I, I still don't know for sure, but the, uh, uh, I mean, I was, I was literally working like 20 hours a day, you know, trying to, trying to get everything done. The, uh, I mean, the, the insurance company makes you list every single thing you own down to paper clips, you know, so you can get reimbursed for it. And that was taking a lot of time. The Chinese thing, I'd have to do depositions and uh, uh, all kinds of uh, uh, legal things. Uh, um, you know, then when Discovery started, I we were suing seven computer manufacturers in addition to China. Mm-hmm, right. And every one of them sent their own interrogatories it had to be answered you know so i mean it was just a tremendous amount of work so what was the outcome well the outcome uh what i can say is is i don't really know um (laughs) they didn't uh some money showed up (laughs) in an envelope under your doormat yeah, I think it was more like a briefcase, you know, but uh, the uh, uh, my lawyers handled that. But the the thing was, is that China could not have their fingerprints on, on any of this. Right. Because that would open the door to every other guy that wanted to sue him. Mm-hmm. And uh, so they I don't know how they did it. It was like my lawyers said, we don't know either, but. You know, supposedly money's going to show up and you sign off on this and and uh, um, but it didn't come from China. So they weren't exactly sure where it came from because it used some kind they used some kind of uh, squirrely routing system so that it was sort of disguised where the where the origin was. But I know it passed through Taiwan because I had to pay Taiwanese taxes, believe it or not. And uh, the uh, uh, and it came, and you know at that point the uh, they never did admit any responsibility for it. They never admitted that they were involved in it in any way. Um, but it was uh, we knew that they were. We did the I did a little hacking of my own and was able to find evidence that they had been working on this for a while. That they had somehow gotten my source code uh, probably a year prior to that. And I found different iterations of their uh, uh, progress trying to make their own Chinese product. And um, the uh, also found out, I had some help with uh, in, uh, people in the intelligence community that uh, one some of the people involved were definitely Chinese military. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, we were, uh, you know, I, I was probably, I don't know. I mean, I, my wife was a little worried about it. The, uh, every morning I'd, I'd set little traps so I'd know if anybody messed with my car, you know, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. but, uh, and then I had other people that were keeping eyes on, on get a remote start, right? You don't want to be in there when you turn it yeah, on. Yeah. Yeah. You ever watch the Godfather, <laughs> oh, <yeah>. you know, <laughs> So um when uh when it was resolved did the 
government Chinese government stop using your source code in there, what they were delivering to these uh, computer manufacturers? They did. Yeah. But it, it didn't stop their uh, uh, retribution. The, uh, they still uh, caused me some problems after that. But the, uh, uh, I got on the list of uh, – they, apparently they, they wanted to still keep tabs on me and find out what I was working on, what I was doing because the uh, – well, you sure you were one of their best software developers, right? Oh, yeah. <laughs> How many billions of copies sold? <laughs> oh, the uh, um, I uh, I got I got a plaque in the other room from uh, PC World magazine back when it was a magazine, and I had uh, was asked for a statement about it, and I made a very strong statement about it and and pc world picked it as one of their top 10 quotes of the year mm -hmm. and uh i was in between steve jobs and uh and uh, bill gates oh, on their no. list well normally we ask people like questions like you know what would you advise someone who's trying to get into your field um sounds like you know, I'm not sure whether I should ask you whether how do I advise someone about taking a, a foreign government to court or how do I advise someone about, uh, you know, getting into the software development field? You talked a little bit about, um, you know, seeing this problem and sort of saying, OK, I can develop something that I think is going to be useful as the Internet gets more and more popular. What do you think some of the problems are out there today that are unaddressed that are opportunities for young people to get involved in an entrepreneurial way with, with either software or hardware development? Well, everything, I mean, things change so fast and they're going to change a lot faster with artificial intelligence. I mean, mm -hmm. I think the opportunities now for um, artificial intelligence development are uh are better than the computer opportunities were in the eighties. The, the whole, the, every now and then there's something that's, that, that changes the paradigm. And, you know, the last time was the advent of the PC of the desktop PC that someone could own in their home. And then that's just sort of evolved, but there weren't any really ground shaking events, uh, just steady progress. Uh, and until now, until the uh, artificial intelligence revolution. Brian, thank you so much for spending a few minutes with us mm -hmm. this evening. Appreciate it. Fascinating story about uh, your life and, and tackling a big government, uh, becoming an entrepreneur, um, a, lot to, uh, a lot to learn. So thanks so much for coming uh, on the show and talking to us. Yeah, I wanted to add... Um, that if anybody's, you know, watching this and they say, well, gee, how would I even sue China? You know, yeah. like they, <laughs> they, they, they ripped me off. I helped them out because we had two published decisions that set precedent. And so now it's a whole lot easier to uh, get China in court. And they <laughs> even teach it at Harvard Law School, I found out. Oh, cool. Well, maybe that'll be it. We do a thumbnail every week for somebody. Maybe that'll be it. It's a whole lot easier now because of me to get China yeah, in court. I <laughs> just well, typed that. You just typed that. <laughs> Love it. All right. Somebody had to do it. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Brian. Appreciate it. 
All right, Bob. Yeah. Another show in the books, as I always say. Thanks for being here with us uh, this uh, on this episode of Career Lab with Levi and Bobak. If you enjoyed the program and you're watching here on, on YouTube, then uh, please consider liking this video, subscribing to our channel, hit the bell icon for notifications of new episodes and live streams. Of course, audio of the show is available on major podcast platforms like Spotify, Apple, and Google Podcasts. Visit careerlabpodcast.com for all the ways that you can watch and listen.